Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast, a place to find strength for your journey. Now, here's your host, award-winning country music artist, Luann Hunt. When Rolling Stone magazine called legendary rock star Peter Frampton one of rock and roll's lifelong major players, they were right on the money. Peter rose to worldwide fame in 1975 with his smash album, Frampton Comes Alive. After its release, it went on to sell more than 8 million copies and produced several hit singles, including Baby I Love Your Way and Show Me The Way. Over the years, Peter has continued to tour and record and earned a Grammy Award in 2007 for Best Pop Instrumental Album for Fingerprints. He recently celebrated the 40th anniversary of Frampton Comes Alive, which remains one of the top-selling live records of all time. Peter has spent the past two summers touring with the Steve Miller Band. He's a busy guy, but was gracious enough to agree to an interview. And what an interview it was. So let's dive into it and welcome him to the show. Hello, Peter. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Luann. Good to talk to you. Yes, it's very good to talk to you as well. Sounds like you have a lot going on. Um, well, I think we just did uh, either our 63rd show or our 64th show, but I, uh, after about 50, you lose track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I give you guys a lot of credit who are out there all these years. I just can't believe that you have that energy to do it. Uh, I think it's just because uh, that's what um, that's what rejuvenates us. I think <laughs> it's music is so um, uh, healing for for a lot of things. So um, I'm just very lucky that music is the thing that that is my passion. I guess, and it's just uh, something that I can't imagine not doing. You know, when they they can hold me up, I'll still do it. <laughs> I think a lot of musicians feel that way, and you really hit on something when you said that music was healing, and really in our day and age now, I think we need it more than ever. Do you agree? Oh, yes, I do. I think that it's uh, uh, music is healing. It's also an escape. <laughs> That's why I think that uh, uh, you know a lot of people um uh, are looking for live music and everything i think but obviously it's it's something that is as as we said healing but it's it it's definitely something that uh i i think is just something real and something it's happening right now and there it is right in front of you and it's uh it takes people back to it brings memories back um i think it just takes people to another space at a concert That's so true, and people are generally nostalgic, especially for the music that, like, you and I grew up with in our generation, because I I talked about this with a lot of people lately, and it seems like there was some kind of magic there that you can't really put your finger on. You mean in live music or just music in general? Live music, and like, the concerts back then were so magical, but I, I think I mean in general, too. Yeah, I I agree. It's just something that uh, for me has just always been um, paramount in my day, (laughs) music, you know, and um, since I can remember. So I'm just, again, I'll say I'm I'm very lucky that I I, um, was given 
a talent that uh, uh, something that I just enjoy so much. I'm very lucky to be doing my hobby as as my work still at this age. <laughs> yeah, and how do you keep it interesting? You know, I've been working on um, uh, doing a new album of uh, going a different direction with my band. Um, uh, when we finished the tour, actually. So, yeah, every, it's always trying to find a, a challenge um, for me is something new. It's like my motto is I want to know something about my instrument um, tomorrow that I don't know today, you know, and that goes with writing as well. It's always trying to find something different. Um, there's only so many notes, but it's putting them in the right order <laughs> um, and trying to find that something different approach you know all the time reinvent the music now to do that do you sort of look to your influences from the past or do you also have current influences i think that i listen to everything goes in you know sometimes you're on input and and sometimes you're an output and that goes for songwriting as well you know sometimes you can't you can't uh, you feel like oh i've got writer's block but i think um bob dylan said in his book um uh, that sometimes, you know, I couldn't write for a long time, and uh, then I, uh, all of a sudden, in a 10-day period, he wrote so many songs, you know, for another album. And he said, I just realized finally that sometimes we're, we're always songwriting. We're just sometimes on input and sometimes on output, you know. Right. And, you know, the creative process is ongoing. I don't, I don't think it ever ends, and there's never a point, if you're an artist, that you get to where you say, I'm finished. No, I can't imagine that, no. Uh, I, I, maybe there will be one day, but I, I doubt it. I mean, we're always learning, and there's always, whether it's um, guitar playing or playing music or writing music, we're always learning um, or to find something different, to find something new. Do you find it fun to use all the new, quote, toys that are in the recording studio these days? Um, yes. I mean, I've been an engineer as as long as I play guitar. I've always been a, a, a gear nerd um, and into the tech side of it. So um, I've always um, uh, been right there when something new has come out and tried it. And I think that uh, in the long run, I think all those gadgets that have been invented over the last uh, how many, 50 years, 60 years, um, that we use in the studio, or we use as uh, pedals for the guitar or whatever effects for whatever instruments, I think as long as you uh, use them and don't let them use you, it's, you don't, <laughs> it's, um, it's something that, uh, like when the computer first came along, I know I spend hours, days, weeks, you know, perfecting a great drum loop, you know, not but not writing a song. So um, you soon learn that, um, you know, that new technology is, is wonderful, um, but there's old technology as well that will never go away, you know. So it's um, take from the new, but don't forget the old, you know. Right. Do you find it a little bit more challenging, though, to bring sort of the warmth that used to be in the music with some of the electronic recording methods? Um, I do because I still use tape. I use my computer, but I, 
I record on tape before it goes to the computer. So I'm, I'm still recording analog, um, but utilizing today's um, digital, um, which is pretty phenomenal now, the quality. Um, and um, you can record in such detail that I don't have any problem with, uh, with the digital end of it. Um, but I do still, I do still start on, on tape. That's really interesting. I had an opportunity to interview Ray Charles about a year before he died, and we talked a lot about this very thing, and he was just such a big fan of analog, but he did the same thing. He was dumping it down to the computer. Well, you know, it's, um, it makes things uh, a lot easier uh, for editing um, uh, and mixing. Um, it, it opens up a, a whole smorgasbord of, of different things that you can do. So uh, if you can maintain the quality that you originally record, um, that you like, um, then, and it, it, it is in great detail these days, um, all frequencies are present. Um, you know, it's, it's a great thing to be able to do, you know, to be able to utilize Right, right. And you can do all the pitch correcting, which you couldn't do back in those days on tape. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And just choosing a note here or there that doesn't, you may, you played, uh, the keyboard player played a perfect, you know, solo, and then there's one note that he just didn't like, and you could just replace that note. You know, I don't think that's unfair. Kind of blows your mind when you think about it. If you saying a word and you're like oh that word shouldn't be there you can just take it out and edit it and it's amazing really yes as long as you use it for the good and not the evil (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i like that and i'm just fascinated by the fact that you're into engineering because i i didn't know that about you so i think your fans will be really interested too well i think it's because well I was that way inclined, but I I was very, very lucky to work with some of the world's in, most incredible uh, engineers. I mean, one of the first engineers I ever worked with was Glenn Jones when I was like 14 years old. Um, and uh, it's sort of like starting at the top, you know, that, that he was at the... Um, the peak of his, well, it was just starting at his peak, you know, to work with the Rolling Stones and, and then later on Zeppelin and you know, Eagles. It just, he's the engineer's engineer, you know. So I started watching him and what he did with so little equipment in those days compared to what we have now that you you get to learn the fundamentals of microphone, mic pre, console, record you know uh, and 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 it's it's what you can do in between all those those uh, stations on its way to the record you know mm-hmm. so and it was very little that you could do in those days except eq and a case and reverb and and some delays and stuff like that but um it was all down to mic technique and all that. So I learned a hell of a lot. I'm getting in too technical now. But anyway, it, it was great learning from, from the masters, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I always wonder how the Beatles did all that stuff they did because they had so few tracks. Yes, they, uh, they did um, phenomenal things with uh, two four-track 
on multi-track machines. For even Sergeant Pepper was done on two, two four tracks, not not even eight track. So yeah, it, it's quite amazing what they did, um, and um, with so little and and completely changed the outlook on recording for everybody. You know, um, between them and then the the Beach Boys. Um, with Brian Wilson's approach, um, between the two there, that completely changed the way music would be, popular music would be recorded forever, I think. You're absolutely right. I, I agree with that 100%. Don't you think, too, because the way that things were so limited back then, you almost had to be more creative than you do now? When I started making records, you all had to play at once. You know, <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't like all put your part down separately, you know, and I think that's where the performance came um, as so important back then, as opposed to now where it's more like building blocks. Um, but um, I still like to record both ways. You know, both ways have their advantages and disadvantages. So. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, we're going to, my band and I are going to go and do an album completely live, all playing all at once. For the first time in so many years, um, but we, because we want the instant, um, instantaneous feel that you used to get in the old days when you just go in and all have to, re- have to do it that way. So we're looking forward to that. That sounds like it's going to be really awesome. Well, it's different. Um, for, for me, um, in many years, it used to be the norm. So uh, now we're going back, as you say, and util- still utilizing today's technology, but going back to the old way of doing it. Right. Well, yeah, that, that should be really a fun experience and kind of a little walk down memory lane, too, I guess. Yeah, the band is, we're very excited about it. Can't wait. When you write songs nowadays, do you sort of tap into the same types of themes that you did back then as far as life and love and conflict and all that? Or, or have you found yourself maybe looking for other inspirations? Uh, no, I think it's it's still all about um, what I go through, and which is what everybody goes through. But in different, we all do different things for a living, but we all do the same things, if you know what I mean. We're still all human beings. And... Um, so I think that when you, if you write about yourself and your experiences, obviously it's it's universal immediately. So I tend to write just about me and what what happens to me in my life and what I feel and what I think. You know, it's whatever I feel at the time. This may sound like a really strange question because you had such big hits back in the seventies, but do you see that you've, you know, improved what you were doing back then? Well, I, that that has two sides to it. Um, um, I think I have more technique in both my singing and oh, all three—my songwriting and and my playing. But I think happy accidents when you didn't know what you were doing was was quite good too. So it's sometimes you can know too much, um, <laughs> um, you know, because back in the days when I didn't know how to structure a song, I wrote some of my m- more. Um, popular songs so um and then as you as you do it more you learn what you're supposed to do which is probably not a good idea so for some things because there are no rules and should be no rules about creating anything 
you know, it's, uh, it doesn't matter how you get there. It's the end result that matters. So um, anyway, that's my thing. <laughs> I think all artists always strive to keep on upping their game, so to speak. And you don't really do it necessarily because you're wanting it to be a big hit in the marketplace, but you're doing it oh. because you have to. Yeah, I, neither of which is, is uh, I don't have to do, you know, I, I, I do what I do for, because I love to play music and I love to create music. And I think that that's what drives me uh, and especially my band members. We, we all have the passion for the same kind of music and we put, that's why we play it so well together. So it's it's something that... You know, um, I think as we as we go along, uh, I know my band improves me, and um, that's why you know we're going to do this next project together. Um, it's just been this last two years of playing um, with the same band. Um, we have developed so to such a high level that it would be a crime not to go into the studio straight away and and record with it. So. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, obviously creating uh, music. Bef- I've created music before that to go in with this, in the studio with, but also looking to create in the studio with them because I think that's going to be um, uh, that's going to surprise us all, and I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) So you just celebrated the 40th anniversary of Frampton Comes Alive. It's hard to believe it's been that long. I know, I know. And uh, I couldn't be happier that uh, people are still uh, enjoying it, which uh, blows my mind. Yeah, you know, I listen to Sirius Radio. I always have the bridge on or one of the classic rock stations. But every time they have Baby, I Love Your Way, I just turn it up. You know, it's like it's, it never gets old. It just still sounds fresh. It's amazing. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's just very, very timeless music. So well, kudos to you for that because that's hard to do. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you're on tour right now with the Steve Miller Band. Well, we just um, we just finished our last um, uh, our last couple of dates up in the Bay Area, um, and um, actually, no, in in uh, Seattle, um, and um, so we just did that, and that's the end of two years of summers together, which is I think we did like. 89 shows together or something like that over the two years. So uh, it's pretty incredible. And it was it was a wonderful um, experience. Both bands were just very well suited. Everyone gets a lot of big, happy family on the road. So couldn't be better. I don't know many bands that toured two years in a row together, you know. Um, that That's pretty good. <laughs> Might be a Guinness Book of Records there. So, um, yeah, couldn't have been nicer. So we, we started out doing some dates uh, an evening with me uh, and my band. And um, before we joined up with Steve this year, and we're going to end up that way. So that's why we're coming your way. Yeah, and we're looking forward to it, too. Well, we're running out of time. Before we go, I just wanted to see if you could share with the listeners maybe just a piece of wisdom about something you've learned on your journey. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
Well, I would have to say that um, uh, my driving force is always to listen to others, but listen to yourself finally, you know, after you've taken in all, always listen to uh, advice, but um, basically to do your next move in life, um, listen to your gut, because it's always right. It's never wrong. Um, I've, I've not listened to my gut at certain times in my life and I've always regretted it. And ever since I realized that you've got to believe in it, that you're the only person that knows what is good for you, basically. So listen to yourself. Wise words from Peter Frampton. And thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a great honor. I've been a big fan ever since I was a kid, which I can't believe I ever was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) But what a pleasure. And thank you for the music. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
Land Podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 12.30 p.m. Pacific at luannslandpodcast.com or luannslandpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Follow the show on Facebook at Podcast and on Twitter at Luannsland. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming.